Welcome to the Sing Better Fast podcast, the podcast exclusively for serious and passionate vocalists. You are now part of a professional group of smart and motivated singers who want to become masters of the voice and inspire millions with our music. Get all of our podcast episodes, notifications for upcoming events, new podcast releases, and other vocal resources at singbetterfast.com. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Vendera and Ben Valen. Hello, everyone. Oh, <laughs> I just slammed on my desk. I didn't even All hear right. it. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, I just like, okay. Hello, everyone. This is Ben again with another episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. With me, I have my co-host uh, and fellow nerd, vocal nerd, uh, Jamie Vendera. And so, Jamie, are you there? Can you hear me? You had me at nerd, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, all right. So what do you want to cover today? Okay, so... Oh, my goodness. So I actually want to talk about things that the singer can do to prepare themselves for singing physically that are not necessarily singing. So stretching, massaging, stuff like that. Is that valid? Or is, is, do people actually get benefit out of that? Is it a waste of time? And so that's what I want to cover for this one. Well, you're talking to the right source because um, <laughs> I remember back in 2002 when I was writing Razor Voice, it was about halfway done, I had to have neck surgery. I had blown out two discs in my neck, and uh, right afterwards, I joined a bar band. Uh, I want to say the name. I always, I always cringe when I say it. I love the guys, but I hate the name. Purple Jester. Uh, <laughs> something about purple just drove me nuts. Very good band, though. I mean, it was a lot of cover tunes. Uh, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Priest, Nickelback, uh, Matchbox 20, uh, you know, different things like that. So... Uh, when I, I'm singing with the bands, you know, and doing Journey or whatever, it wasn't that I couldn't sing the songs, but man, oh man, at the end of the night, I just I had these extreme headaches and my neck hurt so bad. And, you know, I, I you know, had surgery like 10 weeks before and it just seemed like it was such a struggle for me. And I started thinking back to stuff like reflexology and massage therapy and chiropractic and all the things that I've done for me uh, that had helped. So I started doing some studies and, and putting together a program, which eventually became Vocal Stress Release, which most of you probably know if you have Raise Your Voice or you belong to Vendera Vocal Academy. And I'm telling you what, it does wonders for your body because your body is the instrument. So we need to work out the tension in the neck and the face and the tongue and the diaphragm and the intercostal muscles, all of this to prepare you for singing, for the gig, for the rehearsal. And nine times out of 10, when you do it, you even feel relaxed. You know, most of us have that nervous energy and sometimes uh, are like, oh my God, I can't go on stage. I'm always nervous. But I've heard a lot of times that when people do this program, uh, they feel relaxed, less tense, and they're ready to sing. So um, I have a couple of relevant stories. So one is, um, so I was in the military uh, and I joined in 2008 is uh, when I signed up and I go to boot camp and I lost my voice in boot camp because the, the drill instructors in the, in the Marine Corps, they have you yelling the whole time and everyone's just yelling at you and you're expected to yell back and it's, it's, just, it's just bad. And so a lot of the uh, drill instructors, uh, they're called drill sergeants in the Army, but in the, in the U.S. Marine Corps, they're called 
drill instructor. So a good way to annoy a drill instructor is to call him a drill sergeant. <laughs> but, um, you know, so so I went to boot camp and I lost my voice. And I actually uh, tested. I was like, okay, you know what? Just for giggles, I'm going to see what my vocal range is now. And it was when no one could hear me. I think I was like in the shower or something. Um, and no one was really around. So I just decided to check uh, check what my range was. And he and was I like, did. whoa, I'm a little too loud. My, my vocal range was a major third. He didn't even laugh at me. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I'm like distracted. I'm actually looking at some notes. I'm pulling up a thing. Um, this is my old man humor. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> the uh, dang it. Okay. I'm trying to do too many things at once here. So um, my vocal range was a major third. Like I, the lowest, I think I was like, a, a, I had a B flat up to like a D, like B flat, whatever. Wow. Was. That was it. That was it. Um, that was my range. And. I was just mortified. Like, what? How? I mean, I knew that yelling and screaming, you know, improperly was bad for my voice. I didn't know it was this bad. And so wow. what I did, this is actually before I got your book, Jamie. This is before I heard about you. Um, but what I, I had heard that massaging and, you know, whatever was helpful. So what I did is I sort of started massaging uh, my neck, kind of like the my cheeks, massaging uh, sort of you know, my upper back as much as I could. Um, and almost immediately my range increased to about an octave. And so removing that excess tension and strain and whatever helped me a fair bit there. Um, second story, um, while I was in the military, this is after boot camp, uh, while I was in the military, one of my, um, my fellow service members ended up becoming a drill instructor. And it, before he went to join, uh, become a drill instructor, it was very clear to me he had very bad vocal technique, and he he would he would be very hoarse and dry and sort of scratchy sounding at the end of a day when in the morning he didn't sound like that. And then um, he goes to you know he goes to drill instructor school, and then he's a drill instructor. And I talked to him, and it's very clear to me that he sort of has some he has really messed up his voice. It's like permanently. Or probably close to permanently damaged. He's got some some stuff going on down there, and so he finally asked me, "Hey, what can I do about this? Because this hurts, and my wife says I don't sound the same," <laughs> which he didn't. Um, and so I sent him a video that I recorded, and he used it, and it was all about uh, warming up and stretching, massaging, and he said. I should have used this two years ago. And I said, well, I look at our Facebook chat history. I sent this to you two years ago. Um, and so he was, you know, kind of like, oh, dang it. Um, and then third story, um, while I was in the military, um, it occurred to me that um, perhaps I had some type of vocal damage because I was a drum major in high school um, for my marching band. And then also when I went to the Marine Corps boot camp, you know, that kind of messed me up. And so um, I ended up going to see a an ENT. And I told him about the vocal issues I was having. And he said, okay, well, here's just take this for acid reflux. So, okay, maybe it's acid reflux. But he did end up referring me to a uh, to some other people who could like actually do like, you know, scope down the nose and look at my vocal cords. Um, and they told me, no, it's not really uh, acid reflux. It doesn't really look like there's any uh, acid damage there. 
but it does look like you might have some scarring on the uh, the vocal tissue. And so they took a bunch of pictures, um, and then they uh, and then they you know later on told me what they thought it was. So they told me it was a it's a vocal condition called sulcus vocalis, which basically means there's sort of a rough spot um, on my vocal cords that's sort of like tense and calloused and sort of scarred. Um, that's sulcus vocalis, and it's just on one of the cords, and it's only on a, a portion of the cords. And so what they did is uh, they sent me to a speech therapist. A, a sorry, a voice therapist, I think is the term she used. And she actually sent me, she gave me a bunch of exercises of things I can do like to massage my neck, you know, different vowels, you know, using certain, you know, the letter M. She gave me a bunch of exercises and stretches and massages and all sorts of stuff that I could do. And she's been doing this for probably 20 years. And she told me, do these, this will help. And I read this and I look at it and I'm like, this is the same stuff that's in the Raise Your Voice book. <laughs> like, almost exactly. There were some other things that, uh, that weren't in Raise Your Voice, and then Raise Your Voice had some stuff that she didn't have, but it was almost the same stuff. And this is a... Uh, it was from uh, University of North Carolina is where I went to see the, uh, the voice therapist. And she also has gone through... So, this is my long way of saying massaging, stretching, warming up, do work. They worked for me. They helped me get over multiple instances of, of, of vocal issues. And uh, and if you listen to me now, you probably can't tell that I have had vocal issues. I don't really think I'm using too much air as I'm speaking. You probably wouldn't have guessed if I didn't tell you, or at least I hope not. Unless you're like a trained, you know, speech therapist, then you could probably pick that up. Um, and and also, so I know I'm going a little long here, Jamie, but let me let me do one more thing. Um, recently on Facebook, there was a discussion. Uh, someone made a YouTube video, and in the YouTube video, the guy says, um, "There's no scientific validity for warm-ups, and so people shouldn't worry about doing warm-ups because they don't have any positive effect." <laughs> this is what this guy said on a YouTube video, and so. Side note, just because someone says it in a YouTube video, just because someone proclaims to be a vocal teacher on YouTube doesn't make them immediately credible. So you have to be very skeptical. Um, but so what I did is I said, okay, you know what? I know. I will go do some research and find the actual medical information about warmups. Um, and I don't think I've shared this particular story with you or any of the, the findings that I found, but I can share with you later, Jamie. Um, yeah. But so, and so I actually did research it. And so here's the gist of the medical information. That is, for some people, um, warming up can make them feel worse. But what we don't know is what warm-ups they're doing. We don't know if their vocal technique is right anyway. So if you have bad vocal technique and you use too much air while warming up and you have too much tension, then it's not the warm-up that's the problem, it's the technique that's the problem. Um, and Overall, most singers reported um, positive effects from warming up, either feeling better or from actual metrics where they measured um, the, uh, the volume of air coming out per second from someone's voice at a certain volume. So if you're, if you're at 80 decibels sustaining a pitch before a warm-up, and then you do it again after warming up, the amount of air it takes to get the 80 decibels is less after the warm-up. 
So that means the warm-up does work and it gets you to be more efficient. Now, for say, take something like antibiotics or uh, vaccines. There are probably tens of thousands of studies um, that, you know, demonstrate the validity of those in medicine. For vocal warm-ups, it's not as heavily funded or researched. So there are probably only a few dozen studies, but the general consensus of all of them uh, in all of their various testing methods and, and all of the conclusions of those tests is that a proper warm-up does improve vocal performance in terms of uh, stamina, in terms of amount of air used, in terms of pitch stability, in terms of uh, you know muscular tension, it just works. And so the same also goes, and so in some of these studies, if, if you want, you can look them up. Um, just look up, you know, uh, studies on vocal warmups or studies on uh, stretching, stuff like that. This information is out there and it's very uh, apparent to me, be as skeptical and scientifically minded as I am, that warmups are scientifically valid um, as are stretching. So anyway, Jamie, go ahead. Well, first of all, I, I didn't catch that conversation on Facebook, so I don't even know who the video or who the so-called coach was. That's not really important, but I can yeah. send it to you if you yeah, want. Yes, that's not important. Uh, but here's what is important. Uh, any any scientist or physical therapist or anything will tell you uh, if you're running a race, it's important to warm up. If you're getting ready to work out, lift weights, it's important to warm up. So why in the world would somebody actually say there's no validity in warming up your voice. Listen, we've, we've talked about Dr. Ilter Denizoglu before, my ENT and, ENT and the creator of the Pocket Vokes and the Dr. Vokes, and he is a renowned surgeon who will remove nodules, that, you know, if it's a uh, last case scenario, but this man is such a great man that he doesn't want to perform surgery. He's not in it to make money off of surgery. He's very passionate. He even took time out of his schedule to go to a conservatory to get a degree in voice so that he understood from the singer's point of view as well as the doctor's point of view. So, you know, when I've, and I get pocket votes from him all the time and and I, I actually send him and I've, I can't even tell you how many rock and pop stars I've sent the pocket votes to now and all the emails and phone calls I've gotten every time, even before we went over how to do the pocket votes, just by doing this little thing and going, you know, I keep hearing, wow, I can't believe how much better my voice feels before I sing. And even if you're not a warm up person, uh, you'll know because my very first warm up in, in bands was, hey, let me sing a poison song, take a shot of whiskey. And by the time I get to Guns N' Roses, I'll be able to sing it because I've done a low song first, which is, you know, that's bad. But still, right. <laughs> there is, there, there's still an element to that, that, yes, I was uh, minus the whiskey. I was kind of warming up because I was getting blood flow to the chords uh, because I was singing. Uh, I was just doing it in a weird manner, you know, singing low and moving high. So uh, if you're stretching out your legs to run a race, then, of course, massaging your neck or stretching your neck can help to alleviate tension that you may have before you start singing. Uh, a lot of singers in these extrinsic muscles will squeeze um, and you know tighten in when they go for a high note and they miss the mark every time. But if we start doing things like neck rolls and neck stretches and shoulder shrugs or shoulder rolls or you know massaging our neck, in fact, that reminds me of a story. I wish I could remember this guy's name. Really good singer, and when I used to work construction, he was an operator. And he sounded a lot like... Um, 
Oh, man, I'm, I'm having brain farts today. Uh, Lou Graham from Foreigner. I mean, just a, this guy had an amazing voice, and he was telling me, I was telling him about Razor Voice because I was writing at the time. I said, yeah, I'm writing about stretching and stuff. He says, Jamie, oh, my gosh, uh, this one gig is Friday night, and I lost my voice the next day. I couldn't hardly sing. I had to sing that night. I didn't know what to do. So I just started massaging the front of my throat, and I did it all day long. And by that night, my voice had returned. So um, the proof is in the pudding. Whether someone thinks there's scientific validity or not, try it for yourself. It kind of sounds like somebody's just a little too lazy to warm up. And didn't we just do a, a, a podcast yeah. on that? So <laughs> – I mean, I, so his he actually did two videos on it. The first one, he just flat out said, don't bother with warm-ups. And the second one, he sort of backtracked and said, oh, well, you know, there's not a lot of scientific evidence that supports warm-ups, but, you know, people maybe still like them, so okay, fine, do it if you want to. No, there is the evidence, period. Um, either he didn't read it or I, I don't know. But here's the thing it, with the internet. People can be wrong and be very, very passionate and insist that they're right, even if they don't know what they're talking. So welcome to the internet, people. We um, see it every day. You know, oh, yeah. two, two sides oh, yeah. of politics, two major sides of politics. <laughs> exactly. And everybody's right. <laughs> everybody's right. Right. And yeah. also, um, so I know, Jamie, you've uh, recommended a, uh, Dr. Morton Cooper, and I think you mentioned him in your yeah. book, Raise Your Voice. And then also... Uh, I think you did an interview with him for the Vendera Vocal Academy, a yes. very well-known uh, expert on uh, vocal problems, vocal well, rehabilitation. Yeah, he talks about vocal placement. That reminds me earlier, talking about the, your drill instructor friend, mm. and of course, sending him massages and stuff. That is going to help. Yeah. But again, like you touched on it, if if he if someone's not using correct technique and he may not have been supporting correctly yeah. to carry his voice, then by all means, he may do the stretches and massages, throat and do neck rolls or whatever. And be like, wow, I feel good. And then, you know, an hour into, you know, working with the troops, he's um, he's he's toast. Yeah. And, and, and he gets up and go ahead. I was just going to say the next day he gets up, he does the massages again, he feels great, and then he loses his voice. So, you know, it could still be a vicious cycle if you do not get the technique under uh, yeah, control. Yeah, so, too. you know, tec technique is really, 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 really important. Um, and if, you know, we say it all the time, snap a guitar string, go to the music store, buy another guitar string, mess up your vocal cords, that's permanent lasting damage. You can't just go get new ones. If you lose it, you've lost it. So you have to be very protective. Um, and in order to do that, you have to be very, very knowledgeable about vocal technique um, and, and do well with it. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I know... When I'm warmed up and my technique is spot on, because we're human, you know, we can mess up every day. There's yeah. times I forget to breathe, but when it's spot on, I know it uh, because it feels like this pinging sensation in the roof of my mouth, but it also feels like I'm I'm inhaling every note, which I call the inhalation sensation and raise your voice. And funny enough, I, I, I never studied opera. I studied with opera teachers, but one of my students, Rebecca Madsen, had said, oh, yeah, inhalare uh, la voce is what it's called in opera, and it's when it feels like you're actually uh, breathing in the notes. And I'm like, well, yeah, when I'm when I'm really warmed up and uh, everything's there and my support's perfect, my placement's perfect, it feels like every little note is just being lightly inhaled to me, no matter how loud or how gritty or how high I am. And it's just, it just feels like it floats perfectly. So yeah. 
you know, and that's that's body stretching too. You know, when I do my ultimate vocal warm up, uh, I go through vocal stress release. So it takes me about 15 minutes, and I, you know, I simultaneously vocalize, you know, while I'm doing a neck stretch or a neck roll. Right. Um, so you know. Yeah. No. Like, see the, the here's okay. A couple things. One is um, if you don't already have a good understanding of vocal technique and warming up and stretching and stuff like that. There are plenty of places where you can learn that. Um, one of them that I would obviously recommend is Jamie's book, Raise Your Voice. Uh, very, it, that book does spectacularly on Amazon, probably the number one or close to it uh, vocal instruction book on Amazon. Um, I don't know, over 100 five-star reviews, excellent, highly rated book, and it's like 25 bucks or something. Um, also, if you wanted to, you could get a digital version of the Raise Your Voice book um, whenever you sign up for the V24 program, which in addition to vocal technique gives you practice routines um, and additional vocal tips, or the Vendera Vocal Academy, which is the, uh, you know, the monthly membership program that Jamie and I have where it's vocal technique, it's also practice habits, it's productivity, it's motivation, it's, um, you know, monthly hangouts with Jamie and me, it's weekly newsletters, it's all sorts of stuff to keep you in the game, to keep you motivated, to keep you going. Um, so raise the digital version of Raise Your Voice you get for free if you sign up for V24 or the Vendera Vocal Academy. So if you're interested, you can just check that out, VenderaVocalAcademy.com. Um, and, and here's the thing, though, like, this information that you need about warming up, about technique, about stretching, this is, you don't have to go like, you know, climb, you know, spend 30 years climbing the highest mountain in India to speak to the guru at the top of the mountain who was going to give you the ancient secrets on everything you need to know to finally protect your voice. Like, it's not a big, difficult search. This information is already established and it's scientifically supported and valid. It's in a book and it costs 20 something bucks. Like, you know, it, it's not it's not any kind of mystery. So I recommend if you don't have the Raise Your Voice book, um, get it. And I know Jamie, you have uh, a lot of your very high profile uh, students and friends of yours who keep this book with them. I believe James Labrie said something about how he keeps it handy of Dream Theater. I believe Miles Kennedy said he keeps it in his gig bag or something like that whenever yep. he goes performing. And so excellent book. And as a singer, if you don't have it, you would be well advised to get it um, because, you know, for 25 bucks, you can learn a, a bunch about your voice and perform much better and uh, and protect your voice. Absolutely. And do it every day. It's 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 a way of life. You know, it's um, I remember Tony Harnell. We actually talked about writing a book together years ago called Life as a Voice. And maybe we still eventually will. <clears throat> but it is true. You got to live your life as a voice. You got to live your life as a singer, regardless of what you do. You know, uh, every day you're still a singer. That's who and what you are. So, you know, incorporate that into your life and know it's not just about cranking out the tunes. You know, if you if you if you went around saying I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a bodybuilder, but you never went to the gym <laughs> and right. you didn't have any muscles to show, you're not really a bodybuilder. You know, everyone's so, gonna look at you like what? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, so if you tell everyone, ah, no sense in warming up, you know, or I'm not gonna stretch out. There's no scientific validity behind it. It's uh, <laughs> and you're not gonna be a singer. Sorry, yeah. yeah. The and, and another point I wanted to make about that, so on technique, on vocal technique, 
if you go to the gym, there is a correct way to do pretty much every exercise that is going to reduce your chances of, you know, straining a muscle or putting excess pressure on your joints um, and stuff like that. So if you're doing deadlifts or squats or bench press or anything, there's a best way to do it to, to minimize or eliminate uh, damage to your muscles or joints. Um, and whenever you start getting to really, really, really high weights, it's kind of tough to eliminate it entirely, but you could still have longevity. I mean, you could go, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years before you have any kind of major issues or any noticeable issues. So with singing, there is also a right way to do it to give yourself longevity. You want to sound good, but you also don't want to hurt your voice. Take Adele, for example. Um, she sounded great in some of her earlier stuff, but she was doing it incorrectly. And so as a result, she's, you know, like lost her voice and had to have some kind of surgery. And if you, you know the song uh, Someone Like You, in that song, uh, she, in the recorded version, she goes up to C sharp 5, D5, E5 a lot. Uh, in the recorded version of that song. If you listen to her, any of her live performances, she almost never does that and instead stops at A4, which is a major third, a fourth, and a fifth lower than in the actual recorded version. So what that tells me is her vocal technique is off and she was able to pull it off for a studio recording and maybe she had to record it in parts and it sounded great, but her technique was way off. And now she's suffering for it. And as much as I love her music, um, it's very apparent to me that this is what's going on. So as a singer, you need to know about this stuff. You need, you should be able to, on your own, identify when singers have good technique or when they don't. And if you can do that, that means you have a very good understanding of vocal technique. And that also means you should have a much easier time identifying whenever you're singing and if you're doing it incorrectly. Well, look, you know, singing comes from the soul. And whenever I'm working with a... Uh, as artist has already signed to tell them, I, I'm not going to make you a singer. You're already a singer. However, I'm going to teach you to strengthen and maintain your voice so that you are a singer for years to come. Uh, case in point, Clayton Stroop from Thriving Ivory. And it's funny you mentioned about Adele. Not that Clayton had any trouble, but I remember him reaching out and him saying, look, I think we're going to tune down a whole step, which is two half steps. You know, most bands will tune down a half step. They're going to go down a whole step because he couldn't sing live. It's not that he couldn't hit the notes. It was just, it was so much for him all of a sudden this tour and the way that Thriving Ivory blew up. So, you know, we'd done half a dozen lessons and I remember he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show and he texted me that night and he says, dude, I, I was, I almost couldn't contain my laughter as I was singing. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, I was so elated. I, I was, I was laughing and trying to keep from laughing because it was so easy to sing in tune and not tuning down i couldn't believe it and even his uh scotty jason is um keyboard player said clayton what what are you doing after the performance he says what do you mean he says i've never heard you sound so free and relaxed that was amazing and he's like you know dude it's jamie vendera and working with this vocal stress release and these isolation exercises simple little things Simple yeah, little things to turn your voice A couple down. things on that. One is, uh, I believe Clayton actually did a video where he like endorses you. And so yeah. this is posted on the internet. So this, we're not like making this up. This is like verifiable. It's Clayton recording, talking about his, uh, the help that Jamie gave him. It's scientifically valid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and secondly, um, 
Oh, dang it. What was the thing I was going to say? It was one of the... <laughs> Darn it. I do that every time. I know. Uh, oh, yes. Make, the other thing I was going to say is sometimes it's just one thing. Sometimes it's just one or two pieces of information. Just one idea, two ideas that save you so much time, effort, and struggle. Like, if you knew just... If you learned how to properly support um, when singing, like, th five years ago... Not you, Jamie, but whoever, you know, the listener. And if you've been singing for all this time and you learned this five years ago, how much better, how much farther along would you be in those five years? You know, how, where would you be now? That would be just so much better. And just one little thing. It could be support. It could be how to properly place. It could be how to minimize your, you know, the air that you're using. It could be, um, you know ideas on how to make your vibrato either sound more natural or, you know, take less effort. There, one piece of information, Brian Tracy said it, one good idea can save you years of struggle. That's, that's so true. It's, it's so true. And so in the Videra Vocal Academy, in Raise Your Voice, in the V24 program, um, in the Motivated Vocalist Newsletter, which is the, uh, which is the weekly newsletter that comes out with Vendera Vocal Academy membership, there are lots of these one ideas that just do it for someone. And so I would advise you, you know, to take advantage of these and uh, all of these resources uh, are significantly less than actually attending college uh, would cost. Significantly. Um, this information that you need to get your voice where you want to go, it's out there. And Jamie, you know, Jamie isn't the only source. There are other other coaches. So if you if, if there's another uh, coach's techniques that that work better for you, great. Do it. But yeah, just be everyone knows I support you know, like uh, Elizabeth yeah. Sabine, Jim Gillette, John Henney. There, there's James Lugo, uh, Valerie Bastian. There's a ton of coaches that I do support. So yep. information is out there. Yep. Okay. So I do want to wrap this one up. So thanks, Jamie. And thank you, everyone. We will catch you in the next episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. Be sure to subscribe for new podcast releases, events, and other great vocal resources at singbetterfast.com.